Hi, welcome to Season 2 of the Silverline Podcast, an audio version of our video streams that we hold weekly. They're edited a little bit to make them a little more concise. My name is Roland Mann. I'm the head honcho at Silverline, and we have a great time making fun comics that we think that you'll enjoy. So thank you for listening, and maybe go check out some of our comics if you haven't already. This episode is titled, Curtis Says. It originally aired January 30th, 2022. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Silver Sunday. How is everyone on this Sunday, January the 30th? Man, this month has wow. flown by. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I think it's February 1 for uh, Mr. Pete. Oh, it is. You're right. No, yeah, no, 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 it's not. No, it's not. No, no, there's no, another no, day. I'm not, no. I'm not that never mind. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I, I got my I got my days off. I got my days off. <laughs> yeah. Which which means it's still January and I'm allowed to have the Christmas stuff up. So one more day. Let me turn the lights on. Yeah. Yep. One one more day. One more one day. One more day and then we do it my wife said we take all take all the Christmas stuff down on the last day, which I which will That's be tomorrow. tomorrow. All right, so welcome to a Silver Sunday, you, you, you all, everyone, whoever's tuning in or who's listening on the the replay. What do we call it? It's not a tape delay. What is it? It's just a rerun, and not a rerun, but you're streamable. Uh, yeah. Whoa, Haley, <laughs> what's Haley right. doing tonight? <laughs> Crashing. <laughs> That's all right. You crash away. There we go. I'm going to introduce everybody tonight. Haley Martin is joining us. Uh, she's usually up on the Wednesday Whammers. Haley is the artist for Bear. She's doing the coloring for Reject, as well as the upcoming Obsoletes. And then we have Thomas Formanti Jr., my longtime uh, pal, uh, dating all the way back to college. Tommy inked the Reject. Uh, he also inked uh, the Silverline Team Up, which is penciled by... Say hello, Tommy, so people can hear your voice. What's up? <laughs> which is this is that, that that's for the the, pod, the podcast, which is oh yeah, hello podcasters <laughs> out there from the streamers, yeah. <laughs> which is penciled by Mr. Peter Clinton. Say hello, Pete. Hello. And Pete is joining us from across the pond. He gets up in the wee early hours of I the do. morning just so he can get on the draw stream. in peace, drawing quiet. Yeah, well, drawing quiet. quiet. Yes. So, so he can talk with us about geeky stuff. And last but not least is Curtis Fujita. And tonight is all about Curtis. <laughs> Every night is all about Curtis, by the way. Curtis is out, that's for sure. So tonight's episode is, is titled Curtis Says. And Curtis is the writer, creator, artist of uh, Shadow Ghost, which is uh, in the works where we, we've got our fingers crossed that we're going to see number one sooner rather than later. Curtis is also a martial arts, a Kung Fu instructor. And so I, I still say, I still contend that Curtis has the best tagline of all of us, and, and, and we're working on it. Curtis is working on a Kung Fu comic by a Kung Fu master. So, Thank you. Okay, Curtis. What does Curtis say? What's the first thing Curtis says? Ah, okay. So I was brainstorming some ideas. I think, um, I was thinking, um, you know, about what we would consider characters with longevity or like characters that have been popular for a long time. What would you feel makes them like Batman, for instance, or what have you? What would you feel makes them timeless? Is it that they're timely, like they're topical, or is it that there's some underlying kind of thing that people identify? Oh. What, what, what gives characters longevity? It's one AM, Curtis. This is heavy. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is, 
This is what Curtis thinks, not what everybody else thinks Curtis thinks. Tommy's Tommy's comic, uh, Tommy's, uh, Tommy's, uh, what's your favorite color to to this? Uh, (laughs) Uh, All right, repeat it again, repeat it again, repeat it. Let me me think about it. I was playing on the iPad. What what makes characters like, you see, a Batman, a Spider-Man, things like that, what makes them timeless? Why have they stood the, the test of time? Whereas, you know, some characters not, not so much, you know. So, what would you? What, what do you guys? Is there is there secret sauce? Is there something that you know we can all pull from, or what do you think? I'll, I'll start the answer while while Tommy is thinking. So, I think there's a lot of things that kind of go in into it. Obviously, I think one of the things for somebody like Marvel and DC is continuity. Mm-hmm. And by continuity, I don't mean storytelling continuity. I mean regularity. They have uh, they've been there, right? They haven't always sold. I mean, look at them now. I mean, we, we are we are living in a time when Marvel and DC are selling at an all-time historical low. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they've never sold worse historically, and not even during the the you know the 1950s when it was you know when when sales were, were really bad. Not even during the other you know uh, lean times. They're at an all-time historical low, and yet they're still there. So I think that's one thing. I think the other thing is that there's a lot of they're they're iconic, and why are they iconic? I, I don't. Know. I think there's something about maybe being. Of course, they weren't necessarily the first, were they? I was going to say being the first, but. <laughs> you, know, you, you, you think that they're maybe because there there has with Marvel and DC there there's been so many characters that eventually they the bad ones just kind of get this you know fall to the wayside and then the the good ones are the ones and so it's just by default we think that spider-man and the batman is are the best ones it's just because all the rest of them nobody cared about we just recycled them into somebody else you think maybe that's it i don't think that's it but do you think that's uh well there's, there's still got to be a reason why they they stood out from the ones that weren't you know that that's the that's the thing i'm trying to figure out you know because so I've always had a theory of Marvel versus DC, okay? And and I don't necessarily want to turn this into a Marvel versus DC thing, but you know, for me as a kid when when I was reading comics or even even as a teenager, maybe even more so as I got into to being a teenager, DC had these characters who'd been around for a long time and they were all adults, you know, Batman was an adult, Superman was an adult, Wonder Woman, they'd all been around. They, you know, and they were they were all, you know, super wealthy or aliens or, you know, and there was, for me, there was nothing I could really latch on to. When I go over to Marvel, Spider-Man is a, you know, is a teenager in high school or even in college. And he's the jock bullies or, or, you know, he's in love with the, uh, one of the beautiful girls in the, in the uh, school or multiple ones, if you go back far enough. Uh, and the jock bullies are always picking on him because he's a science geek and, you know, he had, in, not that, that that didn't happen to me, but it was it was just, he had these this bucket of problems that <coughs> I think you could say, you know what, I can, I can, I can empathize with that. I, I, I get it. You know, I, I know, I know people like that and, and these are my friends and some of this is me. And, and, and I think for me, for Spider-Man, it was, it was so easy to empathize with him. Makes sense. You think they're more? They were more relatable. Is that what you were? I do. I, I think the certainly, certainly Marvel 
as opposed to DC in the 1960s, 70s, and even into the 80s, I think were far more relatable than because I read some DC comics, you know, it's just that, you know, Superman, oh, there's Superman again, nothing can hurt him, okay, why do I, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like, uh, and of course, now Bruce Wayne has kryptonite, so. Uh, and everybody gets the only way you can beat Superman now is to get kryptonite. It seems like everybody's got kryptonite. <laughs> they all bought it. They went on uh, Amazon and, and bought their <laughs> bar kryptonite. That's, that's, that's kind of my take on the sort of Marvel DC thing. Well, I was wondering with, with Batman, right? I mean, it's like one of the most popular DC characters of all time, including now, right? But I mean, how relatable, right? You know, billi billionaire playboy who saw his, you know, family murdered in front of him. Hopefully, you know, we all don't relate in that sense. To, right. you know? <laughs> but but why is that? You know, it, I was wondering, is it, is it that the characters reinvented and reimagined for times? I mean, obviously, you know, the the old, um, you know, smiley Batman from back in the day, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't probably hold the candle now. Is it is it because it gets reimagined? You know, I was... Um, Always curious, you but know. but but does it get really does it really get reimagined or is it just kind of told again? Maybe the tone, maybe the tone changes, right? Or the, the tone, tone changes, changes back and forth, yeah. you know? Well, it changed with Frank Miller, didn't it? And yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's not really varied too much from that. Yeah. Since, hey, I know that page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got a lot of work to do. That, Look at that, all of that. That's gorgeous. Here That's we go. Like, I'm, I'm that, gonna make that, it easy. That would make George Perez pop a button or two there. <laughs> there's a guy. There's a guy. <laughs> there's a guy. Look at this. I'm gonna I'm gonna knock this one out tonight. There's a guy with pointy ears. There we go. There we go. Look at that. Look, I did three of the people right now. Oh, here's a girl. You really bumping that page up? Yeah. You really need to be careful where you go with this one. So I'd be curious to see what Haley says. Yeah. What do you think, oh, Haley? Spot about old timeless characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I guess kind of what everyone else said, like relatability sort of and like yeah how a lot of them aren't like re necessarily relatable but they feel relatable like we don't have superpowers probably i don't know unless anyone <laughs> have or been hiding something but yeah but like with spider-man where it's like oh he's he's like a kid with you know some of the same kind of problems that we've had but also very different problems so it's kind of like you get both of like the fantasy element of like oh i wish i could like fight crime with superpowers and all that stuff and then also like the regular people stuff um and then about like kind of reinventing the characters too like a lot of those characters like whenever a new like version comes out it's in like modern times so that kind of keeps them relatable where it's mm. like they're the same maybe a different tone but they're like the same kind of character in essence but then it's like okay they're living in like our world with our technology so that makes yeah. it more like relatable as well yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think one of the things you, uh, that um, oh shoot, I'm not gonna remember her exact words, but um, 
one of the things you said about you know Batman is it, it, kind of you know he's able to well I, I and I and, and I think I was thinking a little bit about this before is that I think you know Batman is able to do the things that we can't do mm-hmm. in the sense that uh, of justice because I think a lot of people no matter where you are or you're what station in, in life things happen sometimes that you think that's unfair. That's that's not fair that that happened. Um, and again, I, I think that's a kind of it's kind of a universal thing. I don't think it's a, a, any one thing. And, and, and everybody's is different, but it's kind of a that not that's not fair. If I was Batman, I could go do this, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think Batman is able to to apply vengeance, which you know really kind of borders on on revenge sometimes. Um, which makes us think, oh, you know, if I was Batman, I could go do this. This happened to my mom, and that's unfair at her job. And if I was Batman, I would go do this for her. Or, um, you know, some evil corporate person did this to us. And, you know, if I was Batman, I could go, you know, take revenge or get what's really mine or, that, you know, that kind of thing. Um I know that that's why, you know, I've had a few people tell me that's why they like um, Switchblade. <clears throat> because Switchblade is very much sort of in that vein. It's just like, you know, uh, when the justice system fails, he's there to, you know, met out justice when, you know, when something goes wrong, but everybody knows the truth. It's like, okay, I'll take care of that. Law can't do it, you know, and so he will take care of it. You know, here's a thought, too, is would you say, and, and it's definitely a, a trope in comic books, but the idea of the um, the alter ego, right? Would you say that a character is relatable by proxy of how relatable their alter ego is, right? Like Superman would only be so much, Batman would only be so much if they weren't actually Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne, Peter Parker. If they didn't, if, if Superman was always Superman. Well, you know what I mean? Is yeah. That the part? You know? I, I, you know, I've seen some people talk talking about um you know batman uh, i think in specific i'll read this uh, comment real quick sure. r2d2 for life says just dropping in to say congrats on another kickstarter campaign completion have a good evening thank you so very much r2d2 for life thank um, you we appreciate you um you know i've seen i've seen different writers talk about if you write batman are you writing is is the story about batman and his alter ego is bruce wayne or is a story about Bruce Wayne, whose alter ego is Batman? The answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, and I, and I think that's one. Of, and this, I think that's one of the challenges that that a lot of writers of Marvel and DC have to face today is it if you're going to write Batman I mean so much content has been you know written about the character how do you how do you go about it and keep it fresh and and new yeah you know that's a balancing act that's for sure definitely Tommy are you using white when you're doing that like uh, uh you see over here on the left hand side whoops wrong button on the left-hand side, there's a uh, – you got the black and the white, right? You uh-huh. see the two little things? Yeah. Well, then, then then the bottom one, the one that's the checkerboard, is a 
is essentially uh, er eraser. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So, I gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you could. This is this is white. But then if I oh, turned I gotcha. off the, uh, oops, wrong one. If I turn off, uh, and it. <laughs> oh yeah, I see the white there. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but that's not what I want to do. I want to go ahead and just eat, in erase. I got in you. Erase. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Sorry, I saw the lines disappearing, and I'm like, is he erasing or is it is it a white? Let's, yeah, let's... I do that a lot with the with the digital stuff. I'll just go ahead and you know to keep the to keep the like this leg, for instance, over here. Either either you can um, uh, well, this is not the way I normally do it, but you could uh, get a, yeah. I mean, you could just to make sure it matched up really good right. to get that nice smooth Thomas look. Right? right, and then come back in, and then you know, and then, but then, but then you know, I've already got part of this this flag done. So, you know, basically, I won't do that. I'll come over here and I'll just get another layer, and then I could just ink the. Oops, I could, uh, you know, ink my line, and then then it's easier to because it's on another layer altogether, right? You see, I'm uh -huh. turning off that, yeah, and then I just you know, knock out, so I don't have to be so. Yeah, yeah, cool. But yeah, no. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, who's this guy that you that you drew the flag in front of? <laughs> uh, that's my favorite character. He'll be reappearing on pages two to twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want to give it away too early. There, there it is. <laughs> if you could just convey in the inks how important he is. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's do. Yeah. He needs, he's mad. So, Curtis, what do you think? What do you think makes a, a longevity of a, a character? Well, I think it's, I mean, I guess for me it would be the common, I mean, of course it's sometimes it's just, it's just kind of, you know, perfect storm, but I would say it, it, yeah. it's been, having those timeless qualities that are something that every generation can relate to, you know, and the iconography, you know, of how they look, but also they have to kind of be, every creative team kind of has to do something to make them timely without undermining what makes them timeless, which I think is, is, is that, is that balancing act. Right. I think, I think yeah. Batman is a perfect example of that, you know, how, you know, he kind of gets, he's always Batman. But he gets a little bit, I remember I saw a, a documentary that had Bernie Wrightson and they were interviewing him about Swamp Thing. And he was very specific about that when he had Batman come into Swamp Thing, Batman had to bend to the rules of the Swamp Thing's comic book. So that was like his, 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 his ears would get pointier and a little bit more slanted. He would make the cape ridiculously long. You know, this is all pre Todd McFarlane stuff, mm. you know, just yeah. because it looked good. And he said it was like a funhouse mirror when Batman came into his universe it was that interpretation of it and, oh, that's and cool. yeah it was it was really really fascinating um discussion he said and i think that's kind of the thing it still looked like batman the costume design was still the same you know but it just yeah. was interpreted different and i think that's kind of what it what it boils down to and i'd also have to say as horrible, horrible as it is and and mercenary as it may sound the company has to stay in business i mean the yeah. fact that these characters are timeless is because those companies have have Made in business, they've also switched hands to parent companies, you know. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the, the stuff that we were doing mm -hmm. back from Alibu at the Ultraverse had the 
had the core essence of things that could have been timeless. It's just, yeah. it wasn't in the cards, you know? No. Um, I think about the book that you edited, Strangers, and it was like, wow, would that have ever soared off the shelves right now? I mean, yeah. you know, for those that don't know, it was like a cable car full of like a, a bunch of strangers and it gets hit by this, um, what's called the jumpstart effect, like a bolt of lightning that gives everybody powers. Now everybody on that group that were strangers are now bound by these superpowers. Hmm. And and there were characters that were different sexual orientations and different backgrounds, and ages and ethnicities. It was really, it really, I think, was ahead of its time. I think if that book came out now, it would flow. It would have flown off the shelves even more. You know, so yeah. that's kind of my, my 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 kind of thought. It's a combination of of the <clears throat> even, even just the business. I mean, you look at characters like the Green Hornet that that I love absolutely, but the fact that it's kind of gone back and forth as far as ownership rights. And being in the public eye has a lot to do it too, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so you think maybe if it would had 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 been consistent with a consistent owner, that it would be a stronger character? Uh, uh, no, um, I think I think it's actually the opposite. I think the longevity in business it has to go through different hands. I don't think that there's. I mean, you look at Marvel and DC; they've switched their multiple owners overall. Yeah. This year. That's the only reason why they probably stayed around, is because they kept switching. You know. Um, I think I, I kind of I think if Warner Brothers didn't own DC, you know, who knows what where the comics would have been for a while, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I think yeah, I think it just there's a there's yeah. this thing we always talk about in um in martial arts about about combat, but it applies to things. I always say the tree that's like the hardest and the most resilient that tries to fight the storm and is hard and stiff is always the one that falls over. Yeah. But it's, it's yeah. the bamboo that bends with the storm is the one that always stays rooted. And I yeah. think these companies have kind of been happy with how they switched owners and survived, you know, yeah. so that, that may be a part of it. You know, you also used the term uh, iconic. Oh yeah. And, um, and one of the things that, that I've kind of always, you know, in comparing Marvel and DC, one of the things that DC does right is when you think about their top characters, you immediately think of the Batman logo. You immediately yeah. think of the Superman emblem, right? Mm-hmm. And you immediately think of the Green Lantern. You know, they all have these iconic emblems. <clears throat> now, Spider-Man has one, but, you know, Hulk has no emblem. Thor has no emblem. I, I think since the movies, the hammer has kind of, uh, sort of become the emblem of, of Thor, but prior to the the movies, you know, there was no iconic emblem for Thor. I mean, what's the what's the iconic emblem for Iron Man? Right? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't have one. Yeah, um, you know, and I, I think a lot of um, uh, Flash, you know, Flash has the lightning bolt on his chest, you know, um, and, and I think those are the kinds of that you see those, you automatically know. Cool, that's a Flash shirt. Cool, that's uh, that's Superman, right? But but Marvel, on the whole, I mean, we can always think of exceptions. Punisher, obviously, is a fantastic one. But but you know, on the whole, Marvel characters don't have those. No, definitely. I would say it harkens back to like the coat of arms and and family crests. You know, from the Middle Ages, things like that. You know, which I think is 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 why it's so cool. You know. Yeah. You know, definitely. When we were getting ready to uh, to relaunch the, the Cat and Mouse, it's one of the things that Dean and I talked about uh, yeah. quite a bit. It were, were emblems, and uh, you know he ended up coming up with this this cool mouse logo for the front of Mouse. We never yeah. we never came up with one for Cat, 
and we never and, and you know never really kind of got a, a joint one together but that's something that we talked about is that you know I, I i would love to you know come up with some characters that have those kind of iconic images that you can say boom that's who that is you know definitely yeah no de definitely so we got a comment from uh, Patrick E. Logo, Lugo, sorry, not the logo. We're talking about logos, right? Uh, Lugo. And he says, Curtis, favorite kung fu villain, movie, comic, uh, or school owner? <laughs> well, school owner, there's quite a few. but um, <laughs> and, and just to remind you, Pat, Patrick's on the uh, the Comics Fu Show. He's my co-host. And um, right. he has his, his, his next, his Kickstarter is going to be coming out Tuesday. So, oh, so cool. Oh, cool. It's called a tiger's tail, and uh, it, it looks really great. So, so um, but, yeah. um, be sure, Curtis, that you get me uh, somehow. You get me the link, and yeah. when we send when we send out an update uh, for our Kickstarter, we'll include the link to his Kickstarter. Definitely, definitely, yeah. oh, that'd be great. Yeah, um, favorite kung fu villain. Um, there's a character called Iron Shirt, Iron Shirt uh, Yim in, in the. The movie Once Upon a Time in China, and that's probably one of my favorite villains because um, it's one of those characters where you know why they're they're a villain, you know, and so there's kind of a, a tragic villain kind of story in it. And, and basically, it's a character who everybody thinks is invincible, and he's actually just wearing a sheet of metal under his shirt, like a bulletproof shield, bulletproof vest. <laughs> it, you know, hap, you know, which I thought was really cool. That that's that's probably my favorite. One, so. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Anybody else have favorite? Uh, favorite uh, kung fu villain? Yeah, I didn't read many of the the, the the martial art kind of books. So what? What about, I, what about movies though? Didn't watch any martial. Nah, arts? that was that was not really that was that wasn't my jam. I'm sorry, Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I'll watch enough for both of us. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. What about villain? Okay. I mean, I mean hmm. does Avatar: The Last Airbender count? That's the only thing I know. Yeah, why not? <laughs> that's why remotely not? martial arts. Why not? Hmm. I, I I'd say villain. okay. So if we had, uh, let me let me just ask Pete. Pete, if we had to classify Avatar: The uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, what would be? Oh no, we're gonna start doing that again. I don't know what that is. I, Wait, I you've never course. seen Avatar, Pete? I'm not interested in manga anime, if I'm honest. Wow. Never, never, never appealed to me in the, at all. I was like, yeah, no. that, that's the, the 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 blue guys that had the the, the tail with the little arrow on his on his. Uh, oh no, no, no! The anime. A different avatar. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's never, funny. Uh, never, never really watched anything of it, and I know Guyver. I know the Guyver. Oh, yeah, I remember that. The, the cartoon came out with the guy, but when I was younger, so and I, I remember it being very violent. It wasn't really for kids. Yeah, so it was cool. <laughs> you watch it when you were younger. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that's, I think we never really had it here. Not when I was growing up, we didn't really have manga. Was, I mean, now they've got you grow up with Pokemon and stuff, and it all just sort yeah. of leads into it. But no, interesting. So, uh, so I'll sum it up for you, and you can still probably tell me what it. Uh, you can still probably uh, uh, classify it for me. So it's it's martial arts with superpowers. It's fantasy, isn't it? Mm -hmm. it's, fantasy. it's not martial yeah. arts. Yeah, there's I'd, like I'd the, the four elements. Choose more martial arts than um, than that. 
Say again. I'd, I'd say Shang Chi or Shang Chi, whatever you pronounce it, is more my is, is it's proper martial arts comic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's, more, it's, more direct, it's yeah. certainly more more martial arts than. Uh, I suppose than it could. I don't know. I've not watched it. I can't. I'm not comic comics I've seen, so it's a bit difficult. Yeah. If they fight martial arts style, then uh, yeah, sure, it's martial arts. Yeah. What about you, Roland? Curtis picked up his moves from it. Then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I I was just sitting here thinking, what what's uh what's my favorite one? Um, uh, and probably some of my problems I can't remember their names. Oh. <laughs> uh, I I did watch. Uh, you know, when I was in you know kid in school, one of the things we'd watch you know on Saturday afternoons was martial arts. You know, Bruce Lee movies. Sure. Um, uh, but I don't remember much about them. Just you know, I watched them for all the the. You know, hey, 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 all the fighting, you know, because <laughs> it was cool. Um, but I, did they have stories? I don't remember if they had stories. Um, uh, you know, have you seen It Man? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've seen that actually, or I was kind of paying attention to it. <laughs> you, you, you said you, you did or did not, Haley? I did, yeah, because uh, my brother had us watch it because he always wants to watch like movies we've never heard of and i i mean i think i was probably drawing or something like half paying attention which when you're not reading the subtitles you kind of miss a lot but i did <laughs> yeah. see part of it it seemed well made and interesting. yeah I, I i really liked it man but I'm, I'm having he had a you know um he had a rival uh kung fu mm-hmm. master but i don't remember him at all you know but because it man was so good I I don't remember that character's name or you know much about him. So I I it, it's hard for me to think of villains, kung fu villains. You know, um, speaking of villains, I'd just be curious about this. Do you, do you folks like the the kind of the trope where the villain becomes the hero, like you oh. know, like that that kind of back and forth, or or is that? Where, where, do you, where are your thoughts? Do you feel that can be done right? Do you feel I just assume eventually in every comic that's that's kind of what happens. So you're yeah, like you're saying, it's a it's it's almost a, that's just in the the story. It's always it always happens. We never deviate from that particular story where the bad guy becomes a good guy and then they, then it really is a bad guy after all and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think. Um... The Hollywood thing at the moment, isn't it, to, to take most stories out of popular bad characters? Yeah, yeah. And I think that started with Thanos. You know, I think Thanos was such a rel- understandable, relatable. Everyone was like, "Oh, you know, makes a fair point. He's a cool <laughs> bad guy." And the whole film was about him. Then I thought, "Hey, we can do some other bad guys. It's this I find other bad guys. And they've done Cruella, yeah. which I thought was a good film. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but too, I wasn't right? interested in watching it. I didn't go to the cinema and watch it. It was just on Disney. I thought, "Yeah, go on, we we'll watch that." I'm not interested in watching films about bad people because they have to make them good. Yes. In order to sell the in order to the story yes. to work, and that defeats right. the of being a bad guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, we, my wife and I, Pete, had the same reaction. We 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 only kind of went to see it because it was kind of like, well, what are we going to see? Because we like to watch movies. It's like, yeah, nothing else really to see. And we went to see it. We're like, that was actually pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, should but I forget the, the, thing the, is at the At the end, you're like, well. But by the time 101 Dalmatians comes along, she is detestable. She yes. is a horrid character. Yeah. 
So how does she go from that being, oh, great, she's won, she's beat the bad guy, to being, you know, I, it, I can't see that progression. I don't get no. it. Yeah. Um, misunderstood is all. <laughs> yes, misunderstood psychopath. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I, 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 for me, I'm not a fan of it. I, I get it. I get why that happens. Uh, because you know they're looking for, for because part of the reason part of the thing about you know these iconic characters that have been around for a long long time is that they can't change yeah. you know if, if you if you change them then they're not the same characters and so uh, characters don't really get to have arcs right we look for arcs in storytelling we look for arcs right and um, you can do an arc in a villain but my problem with that is that you know, kind of like Pete was saying, is that you know, for the bad guy to be likable, they got to become good, and so now there's, you know, sometimes you feel icky, right? It's like, <laughs> oh, the bad guy's now good? I feel a little bit icky because they did these bad things, and now I'm cheering for them, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing is, I, I think you, you, you want to keep your bad guys bad, right? Yeah. You know? Um, uh, Fred Corto says, hi, Larry! What's up, Fred? Uh, um, yeah, so I, I think that, you know, I, and I think part of that is, and, and I, this may be way deeper than uh, the question intends, um, but I think some of that is is people aren't willing to, writers maybe, aren't willing to admit there's evil in the world. They just want to say, oh, you know, the bad people are misunderstood, you know, but I would contend, read a few history books. <laughs> There's some, there is evil in the world, you know, and they're not misunderstood. <laughs> you know, that, that would like, you know, I don't know, sometimes for me, when they, when they have those arcs, it's kind of like, okay, so you're going to take Hitler, who's a bad guy, and make him suddenly relatable, and now I've got to cheer for Hitler? <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I said, it just feels icky sometimes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like no. What, what would what would you how would you folks say uh, Star Wars did it with Darth Vader by the prequels, kind of explaining, shall we say, his motivations? Was he still? You know, spoiler alert! You're ruining it for everybody. You know, one yeah, right. of my problems, I, I guess, I have which which. I didn't like when it turned out that Darth Vader was, you know, turned and flipped to the good side. I didn't either. Because, for, I don't know, even as a kid, for some reason, I knew movies are movies, and this is not real life. So I didn't mind the bad guy being a bad guy. And it's like, yeah, he's a really good bad guy. I, was like, yeah, right. I didn't have a problem. And then all of a sudden he flips, and you're like, oh, you wuss. <laughs> Why don't you, you just keep on, you know, being bad? And you know, we need the bad guy. We didn't need the bad guy. Oh, okay, I see that he needed. You know, this was his uh, thing, and that the whole story is about the the Skywalkers, and the, you know that pretty much all of that turns out that you know those those nine those nine uh, movies were that really should have been called the Skywalker Wars rather than uh, you know. But or the Skywalker Saga. Yeah, that's good. I mean, really, that's really what it was, wasn't it? But um. Yeah, I, you know, so it mess in my brain, my screwed up brain. It's like I want the bad guy to stay a bad guy. I don't want him to flip because I know that it's just a story, and it's not. But I don't, 
and you know, and I can, uh, I never get that deep into this to the story where I get so upset that the bad guys doing bad guy stuff. Right. Right. Does that just does that make well, me messed up? Well, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I, 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 you know, I, but but I think my take is this: is that you know you want you want a hero to be good. Yeah. Right. You want the hero to be good, and therefore, if the hero is good, the bad guy has to be bad. Right. Yeah. So, so the bad guy's going to be bad, so that you can cheer for a hero to go defeat the bad guy. Yeah. But no, right at the end, the bad guy's going to go, okay, you know, I was, you know, I had a bad childhood. And, oh, yeah. you know, and then the good guy goes, let's, let's go get a beer and we can talk it out. And I know you killed, a, you know, that, that whole that whole race of people, but I understand why you did it. I understand why you did it. And, you know, and that's cool. That's cool. We're all cool. Let's, let's go get, let's go get something to drink. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I'm again it. <laughs> uh, like, uh, like on, um, are y'all watching Ozark by chance? The, the new great. Oh, golly, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but there's something happened right here in this last. Uh, it's the, it's I think it's two, two parts. Each part's like seven issues. We just got done with the, the seventh, uh, seven. Of the second first part of <laughs> of season four. There you go. That was real confusing. But, oh man, there was some people that got killed, and it's like, oh, 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 that's cool. That was real. I haven't even watched Boba Fett yet. Oh, that was what you mean, Mango Fett? That was pretty much what that was. Yeah, I, 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 I keep telling BJ, I said, I want to watch this, but we just, you know, just one of those things we haven't had time to sit down and, and get started on it. So, no, it's been pretty good. This last episode uh, was a, was a, uh, um, was, it was really good, but it was more of a Mando story. Yeah. I don't want to spoil too much, but it was really good. Yeah. It was really good. It was directed by uh, Ron Howard's daughter too. Sure, it was. There, people really? are saying people are saying we want a whole movie that she directs, but it's like, you know, this wasn't even. I, I guess you saw it, Curtis, right? You saw yeah. the the latest one. Yeah. Pete, have you seen it yet? No, I don't yet. Okay, well, no was, spoilers because I haven't seen it yet. Was, well, it was pretty. Watch it. Hey, it was fun. It? Nope, <laughs> I haven't yeah. even finished the Mandalorian. What? <laughs> what? You're fine. You know, you're fired. You know that you can draw and, and, and watch TV, right? Yeah. I have, <laughs> if it's something that, if it's like The Office where I've seen it a million times, I'll like, but if it's like, if I have to pay attention to it or I'll miss something, Wait, I'll like. Did you just say you've seen The Office a million times? Well, not a million times. That, that, <laughs> no, no, no. The fact that you just said you've seen The Office that many times. It's very revealing about you, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either like that or Friends. I'll just watch over and over. Oh my gosh, <laughs> my daughter likes Friends, and she that she she will put that on in the background when she's not doing anything. And I'm like, yeah, it's Why just one of those like, the Simpsons. Yeah, it's like on. you've seen them all so many times, you don't really need to watch them. Yeah, you know what's yeah. going on. There's definitely like shows that I can have on while I'm drawing and things that I can't. Like yeah. if I have, you know, so it's like it's like the second tier. Like it only requires so yeah. much of my attention, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you artist. Yeah. I was mentioning about Ron Howard. Um, just kind of funny anecdote. 
years and years ago when I was when I was working in Hollywood, the guy I was working with was he's a Tunisian gentleman, right? So, you know, uh, kind of Arabic, uh, Tunisian from Tunisia, and um, and so we were in a Tunisia. It's by North African coast. It's by Mos Eisley. <laughs> it actually is because that's where they filmed it. That's where they filmed it. So, oh, seriously? That's yeah. cool. I did not know that. Hawaii stuff. Is that Hawaii? No, it's the North African coast. Yeah, North Africa. You mean Tunisia? <laughs> that's what he yeah. said. I, I'm, I'm he, sorry. he said Tunisia. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, I put I, I put the emphasis on the wrong right. syllable. Sorry. Emphasis. Unbelievable. But they um we, we pulled up to we were we were in this car and we pulled up to Ron Howard at a stoplight, you know, and he was in a convertible. And the guy that I was working with, you know, he's been in movies for a while and stuff like that. And so he just started yelling at Ron Howard. The problem is this is like just post 9-11. So you have this Arabic guy yelling at Ron <laughs> oh. Howard. At a stoplight, and he keeps going, Ron, Ron, hey, Ron. And you just see Ron Howard look over, and he just keeps hunting oh. in his seat. And the light, it was like a long red light, and I was so uncomfortable. But it was <laughs> it was just funny to see Ron Howard, like, just squirming at the stoplight. That's funny. Yeah. That's, that's what you should have said. We're not going to bomb you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, don't worry, Ron. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's funny. What about... Um, would you say that kind of a hero is measured by their villains or do you think it's interchangeable or I think, I think the thing I always hear is people say like DC has the best villains or they, you know, they always, a lot of people say that, but Marvel has the best heroes. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I would, I would kind of, I think, I think good, good, good heroes have a have good or great bad guys. You only do yeah. your bad guy, aren't you? I suppose. Yeah. Batman's villains, rogues, the gallery and the flash has got a rose gallery, Superman, mm -hmm. You think of a good superhero, they've got a good bad guy. Yeah. Or cast of bad guys. Well, and I, I would contend, though, that, that, and I agree with you, I would contend that, that Spider-Man has a, a great rogues gallery. Yeah, Spider-Man's got, yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, Batman's got a bunch of weirdo bad guys. You know, <laughs> Spider-Man, almost identical weirdo bad guys. Just, yeah. you know, popcorn man, this guy man, something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so see, any old thing that they wanted Batman to fight, they just made up somebody. So. Yeah. Tommy, you, you remember that, uh, I know you probably remember, you remember that uh, polka dot dude that Spider-Man fought that had all the dots? At, yeah. The little portals? Oh, yeah, the black <laughs> the cartoon as well. Yeah. Well, really, I, did, I see, I haven't seen as many of the cartoons. Um, I forget that guy's name. I forgot it too. That yeah, I remember that dude. But he was, was like a spot. That was the name of my dog, but probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you may be right. I, I don't know. I I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember his name. But uh, oh, look at this! Wubba Fett says hello all. What's up, Wubba? What's up Mr. Wubba? And then he says the spot. Yeah, no, you're great, right. Yeah. So, the spot. Yeah. Hey Pete, I got a question for you. Okay, on 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 our shirt right here. What is this? It's gonna be the eye, the ice. Eye. I don't know. This looks like hair, and then it's a face. There's an eyeball. A. She's a, an ace. Obviously. Oh, inkers. Yeah, inkers. Okay, gotcha. Thanks, man. I'll go back to go back to the show. <laughs> okay, now now that Tommy's put a face there, I can't unsee that in the. Pictures. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not, not pointy, eh? 
Not a pointy, eh? It's a nice round. Look at the character designs, bro. <laughs> I don't need the first issue. I don't know what's in these. What these guys look like? I forget. That that was last year. I don't remember what nobody looks like. I don't. I don't know what the, the font is, but it's a yeah. Look at that. Look at that round, eh? <laughs> what, 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 what is what is it's this? Like the Saint, it's like the Saint Louis Arch. It's the art. Do you know what that is? <laughs> <laughs> that work? Americans. <laughs> the school system's terrible. <laughs> you just let me know if I mess anything else up while I'm doing it. Oh, I just deny I drew it. Me? No, I never drew that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't draw that one. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know, the Tommy guy. Well, you're going to be inking this for I know how long this took me to draw. You're going to be doing this a long time. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Look at this. This is going to take forever. Oh, it is, nice. it is a great looking page, though. I mean, it, it really feels, is. It feels like it could be a cover, you know. It, it, that, that's a, that is a George Perez worthy page right there. That's not a like cover. How much room I left for no. lettering. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I thought that was a cover. Wow. Right? Really thought, yeah, we're going to do oh, those. This is not even page one. I don't even know what page one looks like. Page one is um, 14 panels. Oh my goodness. 14 panels. So this comic will be coming out in a few years. The most, the most <laughs> 14 panels. Just fit, it, just fit it all in black. <laughs> Put some words on it. No, I was, I was thinking the writing's going to go down the bottom there over those flags and stuff. I was going, mm. yeah, give it to those. That's fine because they're, they're a little bit too big anyway. But, uh, yeah, no, no. no. Where, where's, the top, on it. where's the top half of this lady? She doesn't need it. Oh. <laughs> you know a powerful character when you don't have to show, they can't they'll show any of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> What what says only fourteen? You could get more in. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you guys ever seen the movie uh, Ro- Crumb about Robert Crumb, the the comic book artist? No, I you know it's on it's been on my radar, but oh, I've never is, seen it. There's there's this fascinating scene where it's his brother who got him into comic books, and his brother would draw like was drawing Treasure Island as a comic book, and unfortunately his brother's um, mental faculties kind of started. He basically started going crazy, and you can see his mental health declining as the book's starting because the words get longer and longer to the point where they start to fill up the whole page, and there's just tiny characters in there, and it's almost all word balloons. Really? You know? Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Wow. And then at the end, it goes to where there's no more images in the comic book. It's just writing. And then the last step is there's no writing. It's just like like the letter L in cursive, pages oh. upon pages upon pages at the end of the wow. comic book. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating um, documentary. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's got a subtitle, doesn't it? Robert, Robert Crumb's. Uh... I think it's just called Crumb. Just, just okay. called Crumb. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's he, he had a unique life. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Huh. yeah. I, I think I'm just going to eat the, 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 the dirt. That's going to take me all day to do that. So I'll just <laughs> concentrate on the dirt. I don't know why you didn't choose one of the other pages to go first because um, there's there's one page that doesn't have too much stuff going on. <laughs> Should I, I skip this page, one? I think it's page nine. Don't skip it. One. <laughs> skip them all. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Uh, 
Tell me. Wrote us, oh, I've got to get words on that page. I don't know. Where <laughs> <I'm going. laughs> yeah, I'm sitting there looking. Where can I put uh, uh, Nowhere. Thanks, Pete. Comics don't need words. <laughs> but they do need sound effects, right? That's oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Remind Aaron about that. Roland, I'm supposed to be inking this book, right? Yes. Okay, good. All right. I just wanted to, just thought yes. I could get out of it. Okay, never mind. I'm keep going. Yeah. <laughs> nope, you can't get out of it. Uh, yeah, the only thing I, I, I can uh, can think of was the, the covers that we talked about earlier. Oh, for the, the other book. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, that's on paper. That's sitting over. I'll, right, I'll, right, I'll, start, right, on, I'll right. start on that tomorrow. I already well, part most of it. I'll try to have it done here in a day or so. Oh, cool. Well, it says, yes, sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan of sound effects. As someone posted not too long ago on uh, Twitter, um, like the the weirdest sound effects or something like that. Of course, I dug into some of the old uh, issues of Cat and Mouse that uh, Mitch did a lot of those sound effects. And yeah, I love Mitch's sound effects. Oh, <laughs> some of those were just the funniest sound effects ever. Um, but there's a there's actually a website that says I think it, it, what what it's called the 22 weirdest sound effects in comics or something like that. And they really are weird. One of them, I, you know, it's funny because I had to get my, my, my son to explain it to me a little bit. Uh, well, actually, no, he didn't explain it to me. We were actually talking about something. And, and y'all, Haley, close your ears for a minute. I didn't know what a, I didn't know what a purple nurple was. What is a purple nurple? Is that a drink? Well, we used to call it, we used to call it, Tommy, in our day, a Texas titty twister. What? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a rest. This is a sound effect. <laughs> no, wait. Hang on. I haven't got the sound effect part yet. So, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know what I know what you what where you're going. What I'm referring to, right? Yeah. So so that's the uh, apparently a purple nurple is the exact same thing. It's just is it really? a modern term for it, okay? And so I had literally just learned this when I stumbled across this sound effects. And in a comic, it has somebody, uh, I don't even remember who the character was. It has them grabbing their, their uh, it's a dude, right? A dude grabbing another dude and twisting his, his, his nipple. And the sound effects is nerp. And it's per is colored purple. Uh, purple nurple. And I'm like, okay, now that's actually kind of funny too. You know, that that's that's really funny. Uh Wubba says I can dig into Walt Simonson Volta sound effect. Those are awesome. I, you know what? I so agree with that. I I still say I still contend, and I, I know that this is gonna be blasphemy to some Jack Kirby uh fans, but Walter Simonson's run of uh, four was just you know I should I should see if he'll come talk to us sometime. Would y'all really? like that? That'd be amazing. That would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll 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 reach out and see if he'll come hang out with us some some night. Uh, but I I I'm 100 agree with you, Wubba. Is is uh, I think Simonson's run on Thor was just it had really even been unmatched. Um, just really 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 good stuff. And, and the sound effects there. In fact, when I teach lettering in my class, I will often pull up Simonson uh, Thor pages. Um, 
Yeah, Wubba said, Walt's run on anything was awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with that. Um, I will say, though, you know, he did the Avengers a few years ago, and I went to the store to buy them, and I went flip, flipping through it. I'm like, what? They were all just sitting around a table talking, and then I looked at who the writer was, and I said, yeah, okay, I'm not going to buy this. It's just stupid. Like, you got Walt Simonson to draw. Why, why are they sitting around the Avengers table talking? You know, why are they not out flying so <laughs> Thor's cape can be billowing behind him and posing on top of things and throwing the hammer? They were sitting around eating donuts and, and whatever. I'm like, this is what? No. Like, the whole issue was that way. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I get, you know, you've got to have st those slow moments sometimes, but that whole issue was that way. I'm trying to remember some of uh, Mitch's sound effects. They oh were... my God, stick. Yeah. <laughs> and, then a, and then a few pages later, stick too. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or somebody's throwing a punch and the sound effect will be punch. Yeah. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> yep. Or yeah. somebody running across the thing and he'll, he'll put a thing behind him, run. Yeah, he had uh, there, when a guy they were, kicked they were a guy was kicking somebody, and the, the sound effect was boot. Boot. Uh. <laughs> I was reading a a web comic. I don't remember what it was like years ago, and like the character was getting dressed, and she was putting on her pants, and it just said pants. Yeah. <laughs> I, just that, I just thought that was yeah. the funniest. <laughs> yeah, <Pants. laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, those are funny. Yeah. Think you got to remember that. We got to start putting that in there. I shall put pants here on one of my naked figures. There you go. And question mark. <laughs> pants. Pants. Uh, uh, I was thinking I had, I had those. I got it still. Can't remember if I hang, held on to them or because uh, I, I I was posting them on. Well, you know what? I can go on my Twitter and look, can I? Um. What some of those? Uh, the yeah, I I, I grabbed some of those. Off. Yeah, I grabbed some of those sound effects and posted them. Um, so, by the way, uh, how's, how's our Kickstarter looking? We're we're getting down to it, right? Yeah, we got. Uh, oh, we got 101 backers now and 4189 with 22 minutes to go. All right, back to Ink and Boogers. There we go. <laughs> so why is it not showing up? Tweets and replies. Okay, I gotta look at the replies, don't I? Um, yeah. Uh, nope. Someone uh, had the page from a Silverstorm and said, "What is this page from?" Um. I'm just looking at all this. The stuff that you drew back here. here. What, what? Yeah, I just remember one of the other pages I drew. You're gonna have a great time on this book. <laughs> okay, I just found it. So let's see. Can I open it up? Uh, I don't think there are any other single page splashes, so you should be okay. Desktop. I'm just gonna call it S. Um, okay, here we go. All right, so let me remember how to share screen here. Um, ooh, 
share, share screen. Here oh, we go. Fringes. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's one. The, the top one, smoke. Uh, that's awesome. And here's here. How about this one? Sneaker. Sneaker. <laughs> Can you see these, Tommy? Did we lose Tommy? Oh, he's muted now. Uh, yeah. I, think, yeah. I think he's going to be talking. There's sneaker, and then there's here's the stick, and stick too. <laughs> right? And then there's fly, and I like this one: fling, flail, flatten. <laughs> <laughs> it's great seeing those little, those little pages. Like the the two books that got me into reading black and white were Turtles and Cat and Mouse. Before I was like black and white that can't be exciting what's the point you know and then those two books yeah yeah it's great seeing those pages yeah. so um so you guys may have heard uh john mentioned this before but uh let's see how to stop screen but uh the title sniper and rook mm -hmm. is an, an homage to cat and mouse that makes sense I can see yeah that. John uh, John has uh, has said before that he was a, a a big fan of Cat and Mouse back in the back in the day, <laughs> and uh, when he got to create his comic, he he created Sniper and Rook as a bit of an homage to uh, Cat and Mouse. So that's cool. Yeah, thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what says? Did Walt do something at Bravura? It was it was Star something, right? Was it Star Slammers? Yeah, Star Slammers. That's right. Yep. Cover yeah. was insane on that. I remember the cover looked like a movie poster. It was absolutely stunning. Yeah, yeah. Star Slammers. True, true story. Now I've heard Walt tell this. Star Slammers. His the original graphic novel was a um, a senior uh, class project of his. Really? And yep. And it became the Star Star Slammers graphic novel. And then, of course, when he came to uh, when he did the Bureau stuff, I think that was all new Star Slammers. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, very cool. It's a good graphic novel if you ever get a chance to uh, to to look it up. So now that we're talking about Walt, Walt Simonson and, and you know, kind of inspiring us, one of the things I wanted to ask everybody, and just be curious, who would you say are like your for your craft in comic book? Who would you say are like your your top three influences, like people that you really draw inspiration from, or you you feel that your work's kind of evocative of? Mm. I think I think it changes all the time, you know. Yeah. I know who when I grew up, I was reading. I was a '90s kid, so I was reading Jim Lee and the Cubits and Rob Liefeld and stuff. And mm. whilst I don't think my stuff looks like them, I, I definitely wanted to draw like them, and I tried to draw like them. Yeah. And now it's different. Now I, there's so many. I, I there's there's people all the time. I. I just go past the table at Con and go, wow, that's really good. I wish I could do that. <laughs> um, you know, I just try and I steal from everyone all the time. Is the honest truth. Yeah. I think I like going, oh, I'll do that now. Yeah. Don't you think? You're always you... changing, you're always evolving and trying yeah. to get better. And don't you think that a lot of artists are like that, though? They, they yeah, yeah, they have that, to be. Yeah. 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 I'm sure there are, I'm sure even Jim Lee looks at people and goes, wow. Yeah. Wish I could have done that, or well, maybe he doesn't, but I'm sure any did, any artist does. Did you ever hear Jim Lee's uh, Miller Byrne story about when he was trying to get in comic books? The whole Miller Byrne thing. 
I have not. No. So cool. So he he wanted to, you know you know I think most people know he was he was in I think medical school right he was going to be a doctor of some sort because his parents wanted him to do that but deep down he had comic books in his heart and so he gave himself like maybe six months or a year to get into comic books you know so he shorted oh. his portfolio and people were like yeah you know you need to fix this and this and that so his two heroes were John Byrne and Frank Miller. And so for like, I think it was six months or something like that. He, he did it almost like a Rocky training kind of thing. He went to comic book camp and every day he would act like he had a job and he, he'd wake up and he, he'd draw all day and then, you know, through the night and then started over. But every morning he would go for a jog. He would, he would run around, make laps. And to kind of psych himself up, he said that while he was doing the laps, he would, he would recite under his breath. He'd go, Miller, burn, Miller, burn, Miller, burn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, trying to like absorb that, you know, the goodness of those two artists, right? But I think it's just so cool. And then you also wonder, like, what was he thinking when he, when he teamed up with Frank Miller and he got to do a Batman book? That must have been, you know, as 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 big as he was, you still got to be a little bit that fanboy deep down, right? Oh, yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. How about the, the rest of you? Who, who would you say are some of your your uh, your influences? Tommy, you're still muted. Oh. <laughs> I saw I saw his mouth moving, and he was talking. How about that? Is it working right now? No, for, yeah, for me, it, it's not any one particular person. It was more of a of a of a of a style. Uh, whoever was drawn the, the the neatest looking thing, I would go, I like that. And then so I would try to in, incorporate that into what I was how what I was learning. And I think really all of it turned into is the mostly trying to get a real and I've said it a million times, I guess it's just a real dynamic line mm -hmm. on on everything. I can still do all the little scratchy things and all that kind of stuff. But I try to just uh, just try to keep it real flowy dynamic you know line so whoever at the time i guess in all the spider-man stuff like you're saying all of the 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 the, the who was inking jim lee for all that stuff uh um even though it had all that cross hatching going on scott it was just, yeah scott williams all that <laughs> there you go all that all that really crisp line work and all that kind of stuff so those are the those just anything that was just super 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 crispy, crispy. Yeah, I like that word, crispy. <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, it's not any one. Or it, it's more of a style, I guess. I don't know if that really helps or answers the question at all. Do you feel as an inker because you pour over the pencils more than anybody else, other than the actual penciler? Do you feel like after you've done a run with this artist and then this artist, do you feel that you absorb kind of some of their techniques just because you are so? I do. You know what I mean? I do. I steal from I, I steal from everything, all the different people. And so when I start drawing my own, when I get back to where I'm going to start, you know, get back on my uh, my kid hero stuff and doing that, I, you know, everybody that I've worked, you know. Um, I mean, you can ask Rowan. As far as pencils go, I couldn't. I couldn't draw a person to save my life when I first started. I could. I. I got to where I could ink really well, but I still couldn't. I couldn't draw. You know, our pencils something, and and now you know, I, I couldn't draw this kind of stuff. I mean, I, I guess if you gave me a while, I could. But I. I but you know, I draw really good cartoony stuff. I could 
people seeing in my little cartoony style that would look just as not saying anything look look cool but you know yeah so i I still every time i ink somebody it's like i'm gonna i'm gonna steal that idea i'm gonna steal this idea and i just absorb and you can you know you can ask roll and that's how i got i i got to be such a strong inker at the beginning it's just all of absorbing all of these different you know techniques and styles and stuff from all the different pencils and stuff so well, that and that and it was just the hour after hour after hour after hour practicing. Practice, practice, yeah, practice, and I, I think that's you know I know Pete gets at it, got it at, at the Cuber School, but I think so many who don't don't have that kind of structure or or training sense behind them don't realize that they think, oh, look, I picked up a pencil and I should be drawing for Marvel tomorrow. Well. <laughs> It doesn't really work that way, you know. Just because mom says you're good, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I remember, um, you know, one of the guys who used to work with in Malibu, Keith Keith Conroy, right? Yeah. Really great artist, and you know, went on to do work in animation stuff. But I remember when I went to art college, the one thing he said to me because there's so many people that don't go to art college and and are are some of the top of the top, you know. Yeah. And, well, yeah. And then he just said, you know, the thing about like you're saying structure, he said, the thing about art college is you're putting yourself in because he didn't graduate from art college. He said, you know, you're putting yourself in a situation where you are consistently doing this amount yes. of work every day, year after year, year after year. And he goes, you don't necessarily need that, but it helps, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, definitely. Um, well, I, I, you know, and, and I always you know, I shouldn't say always. I don't always. Sometimes when, when students ask me this, because, uh, you know, by the time students get to me, uh, they're seniors. Uh, I, the classes that I teach are senior level classes. So by the time they get to me, you know, some of them are wondering, is it really all worth it, all this money I spent, you know? <laughs> and, and that's never something I can answer. But but sometimes they, they'll ask, do I have to have a degree to write? And my answer is, and I know they don't want to hear this by this time, but my answer is always <laughs> no. You don't. You don't have to have a degree. In fact, there was never one time when I, artists or, or writers, I looked at the, the to see if they had a degree for them to write for, for me as an editor, right? Um, what I do say, though, is that what school does is will give, sometimes it will give people the discipline who might not otherwise have it. Uh, because it does take hour after hour after hour after hour after hour. And I know just from, from hearing Pete and, and Alex and Hedgelin and, and some of them talk about it, it they, they get a lot of homework. They're required to do a lot of stuff. And, you know, that that alone kind of prepa- prepares them for the work that it's going to take. But can could they have done it without? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, well, and having a teacher also. Right. And having a teacher sometimes expedites things because you have yes. somebody pointing out to you. Right. This is, How to this do is this. the path you want to take instead of, yeah. you know, trying to clear the brush in this direction. Right. Right. Yeah, you, I mean, you, you can learn it yourself, but you'll learn it a lot quicker. Yes. If you've got someone over your shoulder telling you what you're doing wrong. Right. And if you're a good student. figure it out your own over 10 years. <laughs> so. And if you're a student who listens, because there's people who have teachers oh. who listen to them. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it, it's funny, I, you know, I'll see artists trying to break in and, and, and you know, I can just uh, look, look at this page, look at this page and say, okay, well, you know, pretty clearly Pete and Tommy both, they, they use this thing called a ruler, right? <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many art pages I have seen from people submit stuff and I'm like, what's going on with these buildings? 
like, oh, uh, I was like, why didn't you use a ruler? Why? Well, I just, you know, uh, I'm an artist. I can, I can, you know, I can eyeball that. I'm like, yeah. you I'll, know. Tell you, I'll tell you something I, I did the last well, last week. So I saw on Thursday after school, I do a little art club for the kids, right? And it's, I mean, it's basic, yeah, basic stuff, right? Because they're they're really young. But I had one exercise. I had them just uh, had to draw like a building or something. And one of the kids used a ruler. So I didn't ask them to use you. I just said, look, here's some pictures of buildings. Just try and copy that. Because right. if you ask them to draw a building, they'll just draw a square. So I said, right. <laughs> right. Um, and one kid's, oh, no, he cheated. He used a ruler. <sighs> like, what, cheating? That's, that's actually how you draw a that's straight line. You draw a straight line. That's called a tool. They don't. They don't use rulers. They don't. They. They. they kids are too lazy to use rulers. Yeah. So Darn kids. Always in a rush to get things done. You hope yeah. by the time you get to adulthood, <laughs> you can spend the two seconds. Oh, Pete, you yeah. would be surprised. Yeah, yeah, no, Adam, I know. Curtis has seen them too. The number of submissions that we would get, and 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 you would look at them and you're like. Why didn't you pick up a ruler with this? I mean, look at—you're supposed to be drawing the New York cityscape. I don't know what this looks like. Some kind of fantasy land, <laughs> you know? It's like use a ruler. Yeah. You know, there's this thing called a vanishing point. Figure out what that is. Figure out how to use it. You know? Uh, some people, some people never figure that out. <laughs> I, I haven't heard from Haley. I'm curious, Haley, what were you would say your, your some of your influences are? Your your you know. Um. Well, one probably like the artist of my favorite comic is uh, Stephen McCraney. I've probably talked about his comic before, Space Boy. It's um. It's on webtoons. It's got like I think he's got almost, if not already, like 300 episodes. Um. There's like. 10 volumes out published by dark horse um and actually worked for him just a little bit like he takes on kind of like interns for a couple months so i got to do like some flat coloring for episodes yeah which was really cool and then like in exchange he um he critiqued a couple of bear pages and because every week he would like he's like send me something because it was like unpaid but he would pay you by like like giving you some advice and critiquing and stuff and wow um, so this was fairly recent then huh yeah this was like great la beginning of last year i think yeah but um yeah and i like i learned a lot just from like doing flat colors on his work like i didn't realize how limited his color palette was and uh -huh. that like taught me a lot so like for the rejects and then for the obsoletes like i yeah. got i made a color palette because for my own comic i just when i had like a new character a new setting i just pick new colors and like, no, it's actually better to reuse. And it actually yes. makes it easier, I realized. Because yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh, okay, got to make a whole new color. It's like, okay, I need something to be red. Let's look at like my three different reds that I have. I have way more than that. I'm trying to like condense down my right. shenanigans palette. But um, because I used to be like, okay, I need a new red. I can't use the same color as Karen's hair because that's got to be unique. <laughs> like, I can't use the same color as this character's <laughs> eyes. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> reuse it. And there were so many things like when coloring space boy where i was like oh if i was just reading this episode i wouldn't have realized that like this person's shirt and this person's hair are the exact same color right because they're yeah. not next to each other like you know because when different when the same color is next to different colors you know they can look way different i'm sure you've all seen those pictures of like gray next to right. like and it looks totally different next to other colors yeah um so like like that um taught me a lot like coloring um and like story wise i like i just love his comic so it's just 
very inspirational to read it and be like, I want to make something like this. Um, and then another artist that I really like is uh, Faith Erin Hicks. Um, she's done a lot of stuff like on her own stuff. And she's, I don't know if she's done any like DC Marvel stuff. I think back to Avatar, I think she's either drawn or written like some Avatar The Last Airbender comics. Mm. Um, but I've read like some of her own stuff. That's um, pretty cool. And like, I think she does like inking with like a brush on paper. It kind of looks like that. Um, and like one of her older comics that I bought recently, like I didn't realize that it was in black and white and I normally like comics more in color, but reading it, I'm like, this still looks really good. <laughs> like just all <laughs> yeah. the different like ink strokes, like really appreciate that. I'm like, this is still really cool. Again, like the use of like solid blacks and things. We'll be talking about that here yeah. in, uh, in a couple of weeks. Black <laughs> okay. Black okay. So, so you might want to hop in and, and join us. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like if you look at black and white movies, there was like a mm. lush lusciousness to like the old black and white movies that you don't see nowadays when they film something in black and white because they knew all the the weird tricks. Like I think they would use like blue would be a good, better color for gray, yeah. gray mm. you know, and that kind of stuff. And there's just like when you watch those old movies, there's a warmth to it, even yeah. though it's in black and white. That nowadays it's just they just turn off the the saturation and that that makes yeah. it black and white, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen any of the? Um... The movies that they filmed in black and white, but there's, you know, it was in that time where they they had, you know, color photos and stuff, and you could see the the, the clothes that they were wearing for the black and white movie. But they were, you know, they filmed it in black and white on um, black and white film, but you know, they still had were able to take color photographs of stuff in like they, these these weird things that you're like, the, the, what what is he wearing? Why is those right. colors? The, that that is the weirdest. Uh, but you know. Like you're saying, it converted to the grayscale, mm -hmm. you know, the value of that 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 color. Yeah, so that's 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 neat. I'll try to find some of those and show yeah. you. I think oh, I think cool. Hitchcock used chocolate syrup for the blood in psycho because it had the consistency oh. and the value. Yeah. Of, of, of blood. You know, it's just it's fascinating. That is fascinating. Yeah. Um so we're coming down on the end of the campaign before oh. we get there. Wubba has a comment here. He says, I don't know anymore. I look at the new stuff I'm doing at the moment and looks kind of like Rick Leonardi. I can see that. Oh my I gosh, don't yeah, even Rick know where that comes from. I always <laughs> willfully follow uh, uh, Simon Bisley, Silvestri, and Alan Davis. So, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I can I can see. Now that you you mentioned it, I can see some uh, Rick Leonardi and, and Wubba stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I was going to talk about, uh, uh, you know, Haley, you know, and uh, talking about the colors, I think, you know, and we've talked about it a little bit here in, in the past uh, episodes is that that uh, one of my problems with a lot of modern coloring, particularly when you look at, at, at Marvel and DC comics, is that they um, they sometimes act like they just discovered that they have Photoshop. And so they have to use every single color, all 256 mm -hmm. colors, you know, yeah. and it's like, no, you, you, you really don't, you, you don't have to use all those. Yeah. And, and the images, you know, to my eye, they become muddy and blah, you know, it's like, keep it, keep it simple. And I, you know, I want my Spider-Man to be red, not what is that color there? That kind of looks like a red tinted mud. Yeah, I, I I call it the 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 eighties band guitar thing, where the guy who has the guitar or the keyboard is like 
really selling it in the band and like over exaggerating his movement. And he's just a dude on a keyboard. Yeah. You know, he's supposed to <laughs> put second fiddle to the singer, but why is he like, you know, making all these crazy movements? Just lay the keys, man. <laughs> so Haley, what was your favorite part about uh what has been your favorite part about the reject so far? Hmm. Of working on it? Yes, yes, ma'am. Those cool inks. Yeah, the inks are very cool. Yeah, I'm like something. <laughs> Tom, you were saying earlier about like picking up different techniques from like going over people's pencils, and I feel like I'm kind of picking up different coloring. Like with my shading, I normally what I normally do is just kind of more like just kind of like big shapes in the uh -huh. shading, and not doing a lot of like extra like lines kind of in it i don't know how to really describe it right. without showing right. it but like since the the inks like and i guess this would apply to the pencils too there's a lot more like kind of just extra lines sort of inside i'm kind of like following those a little bit with the shading and adding mm -hmm. a little more depth than just like okay here's his arm i'm gonna like shade the bottom of the arm or, like add some extra like kind of hatching a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. a little a little ways to put some uh some highlights and some shadows and all that yeah, kind of stuff. yeah. And it's kind of like matching the style of it because it's a different mm -hmm. like it's different than coloring my own drawings because it's a different style so it's like it's interesting to see like how different it can look Curtis, didn't we call that modeling back in the um, back in the Silverline days for color? I wish, let's see if Roberta was here; she could answer that. I think yeah. we called that modeling. Yeah, right. Like adding the dimension to it. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know if it's still kind of that term now, but I, I seem to remember colorists referring to that kind of technique as modeling. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, guys. In our effort to try to cut these streams down to about an hour and a half, I, I said it's uh, time for us to call it a night. This has been a night, of, Curtis says. So, yes. Curtis, thank you for, for leading us. A shout out, thank you to our sponsor, Daytona Beach Comic Con. Uh, if you have not made your plans for Daytona Beach Comic Con in September of this year, you need to go to their website and look it up. Silverline will be there in full force. And so you need to make your plans to be there as well. Don't forget to hit the like button, share, subscribe, heart, thumbs up, all those things on all the different social medias. And until the next time we see you, don't forget to... Thank you for listening to the Silverline Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.